Knowledge, Exploration, and the Unknown, the Life's Blood of the Federation. These are the voyages of the Starship Tiberius, our mission to explore uncharted space, to serve as ambassadors to new life forms and new civilizations, to unlock the secrets of the universe around us. Join us in the Trucks and Sci-Fi Role-Playing Game. Hello and welcome to the Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. I'm Jen, co-moderator of the RPG. I play Commander Savril, first officer of the USS Tiberius. And this is Kenny. I'm also a co-moderator of the RPG game, as well as a moderator of the forum, and I play Captain Nathan Quinn. On today's RPG briefing, we will cover another interview with a fellow crew member. We discuss how to create a character profile, a special reading, and the story so far. Stay tuned. Okay, this week we have an interview with Just X, a member of our RPG. And um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about your character? Hi, sure. Um, Eric is a Elorian Nacine hybrid that was conceived in the Delta Quadrant and born on the Enterprise during the time of Generations. You want to explain what a Nacine is? Sure. A Nacine is the um, same race as Caretaker from the first episode of Voyager. They're called spore-assisting life forms. They don't have human-like bodies, but they can take human shape. And the whole thing the Caretaker was doing was trying to find someone to share his genetics with. And when I created Eric, I said, well, let me create a character that answers that question. How would he know that it was possible? So... I created Eric to solve that question and just give a new spin to history that was already out there in Trek. Mm -hmm. Now, Eric is not a super being in this storyline. He just Could you explain a little bit about what he is capable of and what he's not capable of? Sure. Eric, the only thing he can do really, the only abilities he has is where as – other telepaths can talk to people's minds. He can talk to the machines in the same way. He can also remember what happens when timelines change and remembers who he was in the previous timeline and who he is in the new timeline. And that's because of his dual heritage. Nacines have this uncanny ability to manipulate subspace and Elodorians have this ability to understand when time changes around them. So I combine that to have him have the ability to remember instead of just have a hunch of what happened. He remembers what happened in previous timelines. Mm -hmm. And in the previous timeline, he and Savril were kind of like uh, Kirk and Spock. They were buddies. Yes. Through their connection to Admiral Elizabeth Tucker from Enterprise, Tripp and T'Pol's daughter that didn't make it, in another timeline, she survived, became an admiral, and helped raise and mentor Eric. And through that, he met several because their families are connected that way. Right. She's um, She would have been Elizabeth Tucker's great niece. Yes. So. And in one of those timelines, they had just finished up an archaeology dig and were going to a symposium. The shuttle malfunctioned. And they were stuck in space for over a month, and something during that time caused several to go into Pond Far, and they dealt with that in the nonviolent way, <laughs> and that created Arya. 
who didn't survive another timeline change, but her Katra was placed into Eric before she completely was erased from time. Yeah. And in this timeline, she was brought back in the form of a binary clone, correct? Yes. Yes. The hologram decided to take actions into her own hands. And a few years in the future, she sends herself programming to rebuild Arya's body and transfer the consciousness back into flesh. It's a sort of take on how Spock was reintegrated into his old body, but instead of being her old body, it's a binary clone that was based on several of this timeline and Eric. Mm -hmm. So that's how she was reborn and restored to approximately the age she would have been. And her Katra was stored in that hologram, right? The one that helps pilot the ship, the Aurora? Yeah. Yes, it was um, originally transferred to Eric, and Eric's ability to contact, talk to machines allowed him to transfer it to a hollow matrix so that he wouldn't go crazy from having his daughter's mind and his mind all the time. Mm -hmm. So he did that and put it into the hollow matrix, and then the hollow matrix transferred it back into the organics when um, Arya's new body was ready. Mm -hmm. you, and, you want... and that was kind of controversial because the DNA was not taken with Savril's permission. Right. Uh, the Rory, the hologram that instigated all this, or Aurora, because she was, after this, she basically reduced herself to code to pull this off and had to be rebuilt. But she felt that if she had to get it done, that was because of the programming that she sent herself in the future because that version of her knew that the virus was coming, that a lot of people would die if Arya wasn't into position to be of some help to save people because she didn't want the people that she grew that she would grow to care about dying so needlessly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a, a is a has been a source of contention between Savril and Eric and Arya, but is finally starting to kind of level out this season. So, anything else? Yes, Rory is the hologram, the command hologram of the Aurora, which is the prototype ship that they mm -hmm. that Eric has been working on through several timelines to originally it was to combat the Bork threat because as part Elorian there he really doesn't like the Borg because they wiped out his species to less than a dozen people. So in conjunction with Starfleet through various timelines, he was working on a ship that would help integrate the technologies that they did have and things that he picked up while he was moving sideways through the timelines to different things as a platform to be able to combat the Borg. But it became something more. It's more like a home and a family within the larger family of the Tiberius. Mm -hmm. Well, right now, the it's getting kind of full in there, isn't it? <laughs> it's got yes. several cryotubes with people in it. Yes, there are a lot of people falling victim to the virus, and uh -huh. right now, many of the cryotubes on the Aurora are filled up with people so as to not endanger the ship further or not to endanger their lives any further because there's a lot of people dying. Hi, right, well, He's a very interesting character. I mean, all your characters are very interesting, and I look forward to seeing where they go. I mean, they've done so much already. Thank you. And we appreciate you stopping by and chatting yeah. with us. 
Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, you're definitely an asset to the RPG game, so it definitely wouldn't be the same. I mean, all the work you put into the ships, you know, just details of the ship and all the, the back work you do. So we really appreciate your addition to the RPG game. Definitely. I like just helping out where I can. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, thanks again. And uh, I guess that would be it. Cool. On today's RPG protocol, we're going to discuss how to build a character. First thing, you need to go to the RPG section of the forums at www.trexandsci-fi.com. Click on forums. After that, where do they go, Jen? They would go to the RPG section and then click on the story so far. And inside that, they will find a thread called How to Join the RPG. And it just kind of briefly covers um, what you should be thinking about before you start writing stuff down. You need to consider a character, what species of origin, what race that character will be, and what job you're interested in your character performing. Yeah, and, and um, we ask that you give us several to choose from. Um, mm -hmm. because not all positions are available, but we definitely will take into consideration what you like. So give us like three options, and then we'll choose one that best fits our crew. Mm -hmm. And there's also uh, a template for your characters. If you go to the player character profiles, and under that there's creating your character profile, and there's a template, and it's, it's a very simple template. It's name, uh, species, your height, uh, your eye color, you know, temperament of your character, just kind of the detail, uh, little details of, of your character to kind of uh, let everyone know uh, what your character is like. There's also a history, so you can do a little backstory if you want. Um, and some people really do extravagant backstories. I mean, it's pages and pages, and, you know, they have a lot of information on their character. But that's not necessary. Some people only have a paragraph. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of these characters are brand new to these people, and they'll continue to grow as they continue in the RPG. So I know what I like to do is, you know, as seasons are finishing, I like to go back to my profile and add what we just did that season into my history. Yeah, I do that you know, too. Just to kind of to, mm -hmm. to build the characters. But it's really simple to build your character. You know, there are... It's important to have a character profile because people refer to those oh, yeah, when they're writing about your, your the individual that you're puppeting. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you write very that. Important. And it's very simple, and it is a requirement of the RPG to actually build a character profile. Even if it's a basic version, we still would like one built. But first you have to send it to us for um, our blessing. Oh, yes. And, and after we put our heads together and decided on a rank, you would add that to your profile and then post it in the um, character prof profile section. There you go. And right now we have, wow, how many do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen character profiles. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, as we have that many people. Characters, mm -hmm. at least. Some mm -hmm. of them are doubled up. I think we have seventeen, but um, Don hasn't posted his yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don, get on that. <laughs> Okay, the story so far. Things have taken a turn for the worse. The crew yeah. is dropping like flies, and the senior staff is not immune. This week, the first to fall was the chief of security, Lieutenant J.G. Johnny Manrique. Um, but before he was rendered unconscious by a medically induced coma, he made the tactical officer the acting chief of security. 
So Lieutenant Catan is now working with um, Dr. Drett to investigate the possibility that um, the late Dr. Lucas engineered the virus. Yeah. And let's see, who else Who else succumbed to the virus? The chief medical officer, Dr. Casey Peterson, relieved himself of duty and made Dr. Drett the acting CMO. Yes. And he's now on a bio bed, unconscious. Uh, let's see, Savril. Yeah. She was relieved of duty. Mm-hmm. She's, her mind is one. that had to happen, but her, yeah, she definitely is not safe at the moment. No, she can't remember things. She's starting to have, uh, you know, her mind is waning. And I think in one scene, um, I wrote that her hands were trembling so bad she couldn't measure the drug that she was administering in sickbay to help relieve pain. She was helping out in in sickbay. And and then she looked around for her parents who were there. Um, Last week we told you about how her mother, Sereth, had thrown people through the windows and stuff, and I said that she was going to be upset about that. Well, she had already asked Arya where they were, and she'd forgotten that she did. So Arya's like, you might want to take yourself off the roster, the duty roster. Yeah, just to be safe. Yeah, so she um, has just asked for permission to board the Aurora, but we don't know if she's going to be put in cryostasis or not. I don't think she is. No, I so, just think, she, yeah, she just needs to be taken out of commission first. She just needs bit. to kick back. <laughs> yeah. Eat some chicken soup. <laughs> eat an apple. Yeah. Um, who else? Star Striker. I know mm-hmm. he's been showing symptoms. Yes. Also, and Quinn also. Quinn actually lost his telepathy altogether. Yes. So, I mean, that's the extent of, of the, his sickness at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Counselor Margon is the last one to fall recently. Yeah, he just, yeah, that was sad. Sad post watching him fall. Mm -hmm. Remember last week we, um, in our interview with him, he said that he had taken a procedure to block the memories of what happened to his wives. Um, They passed away from an illness. And apparently the, the virus that he has been infected with now has brought that back to his you know, to the forefront front of his mind, and he had a really awesome scene where he was trying to help people out of their cabins, and he's walking down the hall, and he had a flashback and tripped over someone, and in in doing so, the flashback, you know, it kept coming, and he saw his wives lying on the ground with rain falling on them, which turned out to be his tears. This thought that was a really good, oh, good. well-written scene. Was it was very yeah. Sad. Now he's spouting bullion, and he's a little delirious, and they've taken him to sickbay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are still we're probably about I'd say three hours away from Vulcan, so we're almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, you know, when we get there, obviously we're quarantined at the moment. So, you know, unless uh, their scientists can do stuff off ship. Uh, they're going to be pretty useless to us. And I know uh, Arya has uh, not a cure, but uh, something that... Uh, an inhibitor? It, thank you. It's an inhibitor. Yeah. yeah. the virus. She's working on it. She's going to test it on her father next. Yeah. So. But hopefully that will work. Yeah. Hopefully. we don't have any crew left. <laughs> We're all dying. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's pretty much it. That's the story so far yep hopefully we will have this story wrapped up in the next few weeks mm-hmm. 
So um, if you're going to do anything dramatic, this is the time to do it. Yep. Uh, and I think that's it. Cool. For today's post of the week reading, we're going to be doing one of Jen's posts. She recently posted a very dramatic post, and we all really enjoyed it, and I thought it would be perfect. And to read it, we have Moyer Sevevan, also known as Rick, uh, father and son duo. Um, he does a lot for the forums, so uh, take it away, Rick. Inhaling and exhaling was a reflexive function of the human body. To a healthy individual, the process of drawing oxygen into lungs is effortless. Yet to Natalie, the endeavor had recently become painfully difficult. Breathing wasn't the only thing she found challenging. The simple act of dressing herself left the yeoman exhausted. The tall brunette stood before her mirror and gazed at the ashen, gaunt face reflected back at her. Her labored, raspy breath made her head spin and the young woman's quarters whirled about her, leaving her disoriented. She reached for the table to slow the rotation, but missed and fell to the floor, taking the items kept on the table with her. A hollow photo of her fiancé landed into her blurry eyes. The sickening turning gradually slowed, but darkness began to envelop her. John's smiling face was the last thing she saw before a tunnel appeared before her. Silhouetted against a wash of warm light, was the outline of a man. He held out his hand. As she neared him, she realized it was John. But how could he be here? John? They told me you were lost in the Battle of Chintaka in the Dominion War. He smiled and took her hand in his. It felt nice. Her heart skipped in her chest as he kissed her cheek. It was then that Natalie noticed that she could breathe again. All the non-essential crew are confined to quarters? Obviously there's something interesting going on, otherwise I'd be washing the dishes that Brex refuses to put in the replicator. Jadan Marley wouldn't be working in Five Forward anytime soon. The lounge had been closed indefinitely, but why? He should be enjoying his day off. But Jadan couldn't just sit alone in his cabin wondering what was going on. He approached the door of his quarters as if to leave but stopped just as the sensor could detect his presence. Uh, I could get in a lot of trouble for disobeying the captain. He ran a hand through his dark hair, but I had to find out what's going on. Jan strode with determination out the door and into the corridor. On his way out, he narrowly avoided two medical personnel who were rushing down the passageway with an unconscious crewman carried between them. Jadan tripped as he continued backwards down the corridor. Hitting the floor, he rolled over on his side to investigate what it was he'd stumbled over. His wide eyes found another crewman laying in a heap on the floor. Jadan shifted into a crouch and looked back towards the medical personnel, who were almost to the turbolift. "'Hey! uh, This man is hurt!' shouted the Bajoran as he attempted to help the unconscious man. The insensible ensign's head rolled lifelessly on his shoulders as Jadan tried in vain to lift him. He lowered him gently back to the floor, and then shouted again as the doors of the turbo lift closed. The medical team was gone. First aid training was a requirement of all food and beverage staff. Jadan checked the man for a pulse and found none. He stood slowly and looked about the corridor. 
In his section alone, there were at least ten people lying about the hallway. Afraid, Jadan bolted to the turbo left. I have to find Brex! Ensign Tevawash looked up from the auxiliary science console as Lieutenant Zrem approached her from his post on the bridge. The assistant chief science officer wore a concerned look and his antennae were folded back against his head. Are you continuing to scan for biosigns? Yes, sir. I've been able to mark which quarters are inhabited by living crewmen and which are occupied with the deceased. The medical staff is being deployed to the cabins where the biosigns are weakest. She shifted her weight uncomfortably as she announced the next factor. The death toll is rising despite the efforts of the medical staff. What are we going to do, sir? And for our final thought, um, I just wanted to touch on a few things. A couple of weeks ago, I received an email from an individual named David. Um, David sent me his profile, and it was a pretty good profile for for the RP a proposed RPG character, and I replied mm -hmm. a couple of times to his um, email, but I've never heard anything back, and I think that my email may have gone to his junk folder. So, um, Dave, if you are a member of the forum, go ahead and send me a personal message, and let me um, know again that you're whether you're interested or not in participating in the RPG, because at this point, I, I'm thinking that you changed your mind, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always best to contact us through the yeah. PMs rather than email because email does have the filters and some people's addresses just don't agree right. with them. Yeah, and then I also I don't know what your forum name is, so I can't contact you through the forum. So anyway, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and then yes. the other thing I wanted to touch on is after your post, after your uh, profile is approved by Kenny and I, and we assign you a um, a rank on the Tiberius, please go ahead and post your profile in the um, character profile section so that we can refer to it. I know that there's at least one person that's forgotten to do that, and there's been some confusion as to who he is. So um, go ahead and do that. And that concludes the Ready Room. This is Jen. And this is Kenny. Hailing frequencies closed.